0: Welcome to First Draft. I'm Chris Sproul with Mel Kuyper and Todd McShay. It's a national holiday the entire week. Not today. It's the NFL Combine, of course. Off the air, Kuyper was just telling us stories when Todd was in third grade and Kuyper was going through media guides. Mel, so you would just take wide receivers and just like lop two inches off them?
1: Yeah, press guides would get to me in August. Usually, I'd have to send out letters in like June and remind everybody to send out the press guides, the media guys, because that's all you had back in those days. There was no computer. There was no way to get any access to any players. <laughs> I would have to call the schools to find out how many sacks a player had, or any tackles for loss, or interceptions, or whatever. So you would get the media guys and you'd see the well, the underclassmen, the heights and the weights. And I would always look at a guy like a receiver at six to three. They figure he's probably about six one, six one and a half. So you always would go down an inch or two when any player really an offensive tackle that's listed at six six. Well, he's probably 6'4". Okay, if he's 6'4", six, 6'5", six, he's borderline tackle, Todd, right? Well, I would say, well, that's going to be 6'3". He's got to be a guard, right? He's going to end up being 6'3". <laughs> six, six, he's not 6'5". Right. So, you know, so you always took an inch or two off the heights. And now, like Todd had said when we were talking about this, they have kind of adjusted back to making it more in line with what we see.
2: Because we used to get, I mean, used to get disappointed. You know, we, this this whole conversation started with Sprout just saw that the, you know, the wide receivers are measuring today. The quarterbacks are, are weighing in as well. Um, and, and Jake Fromm, by the way, under nine inch handspan. You know how I am on that nine inch thing. I am no, the I'm bullish. Yeah, we're going to,
0: we're going to spend 30 minutes on that. All right. Don't, but but don't it started
2: with Michael hands. Pittman, the USC wide receiver who it was listed, I believe, I, I think it was listed at six four and actually showed up at six oh four oh, meaning six four exactly. So I think what happened was we were so disappointed for years. When we got the true measurements versus what was in the, the press guide or on the depth chart online and, and all that, that it, it became a detriment. I mean, why tell people you're going to run a 4-3 when you go run 4-4-5? Four, four, and then you're disappointed with a 4-4-5, four, four, but a 4-4-5 four, four, is a great time, no no matter what position you're at. So I think people are realizing, you know, you don't want to set expectations too high because then then it becomes a disappointment. I think it was,
0: I guess we're going back almost 10 years now that AJ Green's been in the league, but Mel, AJ Green was like one of the last ones that sticks out to me. I remember even like calling you from Indy and being Mm -hmm. like, he's 6'3 because he'd been listed in high school. He was our 6'5". Georgia had him enlisted 6'5, 6'4", and it was just like, to Todd's point, there's no benefit. You're gonna, you're gonna be what you are at the combine, but it was always a standard. And now I'm like, Todd, I'm like actually kind of bummed out because it used to be like, all right, who's going to shrink two inches and who's 40 pounds heavier?
2: There was always like some fun mysteries and now it's all gone. Well, now my favorite is the Senior Bowl, which just happened, what, a few weeks ago? Mm -hmm. And they do the height, weight and the arm and hand span and all those things there. And then when a guy comes to the... The combine and his arm grew two inches <laughs> <laughs> his hands a half an inch bigger so like, what are we doing here that's our that's our guy brandon allen little hand yoga kike you are you fired up man year two this is your second year coming to the combine. <laughs> you got the travel all figured out. All You're set, set you up. You're good. All ready. When are you coming in? Wednesday.
1: Wednesday morning. I'll be there until Sunday. I'll be in tomorrow.
2: I'll get. It. I'll make sure everything's ready for you. You
1: get it all all scoped out for me, Todd. You get the lay yep. of the land so there's no surprises because I hate surprises. Give and me some we'll
2: long go, days, bud.
1: Uh, there will be some long days with these night workouts. will be there from morning till late. It'd be like being in Bristol with the car wash. So, so what is it? Yeah.
2: Thursday, Friday, Saturday? No. What What are the nights that are at eleven o'clock?
1: I believe. I'm assuming every day we're there. We're going to be there so till eleven Thursday, o'clock. Hyper all Thursday, night. Friday, Saturday, Saturday, right? Yes, yeah, th- Saturday,
2: Sunday, because it ends on Sunday this year for the first time. Yep. So four straight
1: Kiper, nights of, of doing going
0: into Saint Elmo's at like two a.m. Yes.
2: Yeah, so how late does Saint Elmo's open or stay open? Yeah. That's what we we've got to find out. And by the way, everyone in the league is going to be is going to be flooding out of the out of the stadium and racing to to go get a bite to eat at eleven o'clock at night. Right. Wow, and we can't bring food into the combine too. It wasn't that the deal last year. Well, they were
1: selling food. Remember, I kept saying, "Why don't they open that concession stand in yeah. the stadium? They could sell out because nobody could get food." And I think, remember, with Todd, after I was screaming about it the first couple days, they finally <laughs> opened that concession stand. Yeah, it's like, yeah. why don't you have that open? I hate looking behind those bars to, to the stuff that could be back there and it's not. So when you're starving, so you're right about that, and it's going to be. No, you know, these like, are the important know, things. Forget the forties yeah. and I up, just. Oh, I'm hands doing hands is hands. Bringing the several bars, and, an and I'll get by with a Snickers, and you'll get by with your whatever. What do you call Take that? Five. Which one you like? Take, Take five. five. Yeah. I'll have my Snickers. You have that. Milky Way, whatever you need. And we'll be fine. It'll be like draft day. We don't eat on draft day. So we go from morning till night there. And I'm going to need room
2: service to at least be open till midnight.
1: Well, I check that as soon as I get there. All right, first thing Some of them close at a certain time. i got to make sure that room service is open until, like, 3, and, they're like, all night you can get something because yeah. we're going to get back. We need, that. But we, people we need don't your care pizza about with issues, your mashed Todd. potatoes, bud. I don't think anybody cares about our issues uh, no. in terms of that. All I care about Joe Burrow I mean, these aren't and even flat, issues. Todd. No, no. All I'll say is, just to sum this combine up, we got there last year and we were watching running backs, and Devin Singletary, who we all loved, ran 4 6 Remember the reaction, Todd? Yep. Did you see what Singletary ran? Oh, she, Oh, we gotta drop He's a sixth rounder now. Oh boy, what, a, but we loved him on tape. Loved everything about Devin I had him he, as a third, a four, third, or six, fourth round Yeah. Yep, it
0: happens. Guys, and that, and that's kind of the case is the combine makes you go back to the tape on some guys, but it's not gonna change your mind on many of them. And I, I do, we do have to have fun with a little bit of the hysteria here because we already have Four months of hand-sized talk coming up, and though there are thresholds you want to hit, it's uh, Joe Burrow, the, the coming, in. Five Joe yards Burrow at, coming
2: in a little. The average five here, yards a carry, by the way, yeah. Devin Singletary did started eight games. <laughs> go ahead, go ahead, Sorry, twenty-nine catches for the Bills. Yeah, he had a
1: great rookie year for yeah. Buffalo. He was yeah. a key guy when he got hurt early. Trust in the, the, the year tape. In fact, them he came back. He you know, got a little. Bad, had a hamstring early in the season oh, after a great here. start. So you're right. Todd. He was totally one of the top offensive rookies in the league this year. All right, Todd,
0: ahead, do you, d- Todd? Do you care? Yes, that Joe Burrow came in at nine flat. Now we know this ain't
1: that big a deal,
2: but there we go. Mahomes about right it. Mahomes it's is hand
1: size. What was Mahomes, Todd? Nine and a quarter. Yeah,
2: it was. I think it's nine nine and a quarter. I'll look yeah. it up. You know what's funny? Nine inches versus Jake Fromm, who had eight and seven eighths of an inch. <laughs> I mean, you're talking an eighth of an inch difference. Fromm will be nine and a half at his pro day. From your pinky to your <laughs> to the end of your thumb but it's there's something to it you know like mentally as an evaluator you see that 8 for a quarterback there's i've gone back and looked and i think 17 years i have of of logs for the the combine and mel there's not a single guy that who's yeah. had in the 8 in you know 8 um inch Range for a hand span that has Clawson, had sustained Jimmy, success Jimmy Clawson, at quarterback.
1: Clawson, go back to Claw, I think he was like a 9, wasn't he? Right, and he, he didn't. Uh, no. Yeah, no, he was I, a I 9. Or just, that, that was just when under. my learning point kicked in. Maybe Shea got me on that one, I said, okay. that But you know what it doesn't tell you, Todd, because I looked at this. The 10s and over, the huge hand guys, yep. they're not always good. No. So no, they're not mean they have a big hand. You're going to be great. Some of the busts had 10-plus hands. I can go back to some guys there uh, that had these huge hands that didn't pan out, but it does tell you the number that you can't be below.
2: Yep, and, and I think nine's the line. Nine is the line. It's the Mendoza line, if you will. It, it really is.
1: But it was Drew Brees' hand. He had a, it. Was his coming? Out. I don't remember what his was. Uh, like Aaron Rodgers that big. year. Goff the, the went sixth.
2: one is a nine.
1: Yeah, we have to get Hill Brees to nine. see what two is because they're both. He's considered a left-handed two version of, of Brees. He was ten. Yeah. Nine so seven, there you are You can be six foot tall and still so have a big hand. So again, yeah, that's, that is important. I think for the number, the low number, not the high number. Right. Once you know, you're at a certain point, it doesn't matter.
0: But Mel, isn't that really what this is all about? The combine is not, you know, for some guys, you're going to make money because you're going to run four three one. You're going to make a couple bucks for that. But the combine isn't really about the great performances. It's about not having that bad performance. It's not having that yeah. performance. That makes people go, "Oh, OK, it's really from an athletic standpoint, it's just checking the boxes to make sure that what we're seeing on tape is real.
1: Yeah, well, as long as they're within a range. And like you say, for quarterbacks, you know, you're coming in with receivers you're unfamiliar with. If you make a bad nine and throw, a quarter for Mahomes. nine and a quarter for yep. Mahomes. So, again, you got to be careful with all this. I think the size, people say even they have to adjust, Todd, with the college football to the NFL football. It's an adjustment period. Lamar Jackson had said that for him coming out. He had to adjust to throwing an NFL football. So that's, uh, that number will be critical to some. But I think when you look at quarterbacks in general, throwing with the receivers are unfamiliar with, when they make a bad throw, do they put it behind them? How they interact. We watch those guys, Todd, from in the end zone to see how they really, who takes charge of drills? Who's the guy yep. out there, the leader? Who, who's the one that they're all following? Things like that that go beyond just numbers. You're going to be looking at at to combine.
2: You know what I like to do? I like to find out who the, you know, each group has an individual, uh, scout that is basically their tour guide, if you will. I mean, he, mm-hmm. he gets them from one thing to the next, from medical to, you know, the, the Wonderlick test to the workouts and, and interviews and all that stuff. So, there's the one guy that will have, they break them up into two groups for quarterbacks. So like A through J will wind up being group one for the quarterbacks and, and, you know, K through Z will, will wind up being group two. And so there are two scouts that you really want to talk to and find out who those group leaders are because they're the ones, they're basically with them all day long. And so they're seeing the interaction. We can see it on the field to a certain degree and you can see it on ESPN and NFL network and, you know, some of those things, but behind the scenes, who are the guys that are, are the alpha dogs in the room? You know, I, 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 I'm pretty confident that Joe Burrow is going to be one of those guys. You know, Tua is in a very different, they have very different kind of leadership styles, if you will. But Justin Herbert, who's a self-admitted introvert and is working hard on becoming a vocal leader and those sorts of things. How does he carry himself? Um, You got Jordan Love coming in from, from Utah State who is very talented, had a up and, up and down career, really struggled this past year in terms of turnovers and all those things. He's coming in and you got Tua. You got Joe Burrow who is coming off arguably the best season of any quarterback in the history of college football. And you know those two guys are going to be the guys, but does he take some leadership? Does he become a, you know, a presence throughout the process? So I, that stuff can't be overlooked. And I know I tell the, the story every year, but the, the Houston Texans, when they decided, Bill O'Brien told me this straight up. He said, when we thought we wanted Deshaun Watson, we sat there for about five or six hours and studied tape with him. We loved all of that stuff. But when I knew he was the guy and when I told our scouting staff, we got to go get him no matter what is when we sat down at lunch and, and Deshaun went and sat at his own table and we, the coaches went and sat at our own table. And we saw about 20 of our players coming in and out of the cafeteria that just wanted to be with him, sat with him, wanted to be around him, the way he carried himself. And we just knew he was the guy. That was the moment. And so these little things, you know, that go on behind the scenes that we're not televising can be so important to the evaluation process for, for individual teams. And that's the kind of stuff you got to try to figure out when you're talking to, to people in the league. Mel. In terms of the stuff we
0: are going to see, mm-hmm. let's, say, let's start at the top. Who are the guys that you're most excited to see play spandex football here, run the 40s, get the 10-yard splits? I mean, who are mm-hmm. the na- some of the names that stand out, whether it's a Henry Ruggs showing how fast he really is yeah. or a 10-yard split from Chase Young, maybe start on the offensive side of the ball. Some of the guys that you're just actually kind of just excited
1: to watch um, this year. Yeah, I think from the quarterback know, Todd mentioned Justin Herbert with a rocket arm. You want to see Jacob Eason at Washington, who has a cannon, and see Jordan Love. See, I think those three quarterbacks, Herbert, Eason, Love, to Mm -hmm. see how they look there. Obviously, Jake Fromm, because obviously arm strength is a big question with him. To the uh, receivers, you mentioned Henry Rugg should be one of the fastest. I think it's going to be important for... T. Higgins to get in that four five two to four five five range, Justin Jefferson LSU, Michael Pittman Jr. USC, Brandon Ayuk Arizona State, KJ Hamler catching the football is going to be important for him. We know he's fast, we know he's small, and we know he's a great playmaker and he's great in space and all that. But can he catch it consistently? That was the issue at Penn State with some drops. So we'll see him and see if he is consistent. Obviously, tight end Cole Komet. I like him but does he run 485 does he run 475 that will be important there uh we saw last year Todd Devin Bush and Devin White remember they ran one ran early one ran late and they both ran like 442 i would like to see what Patrick Queen LSU and Kenneth Murray Oklahoma put them together see what those two run as well will be very interesting and and uh the corners that's going to be interesting to see how fast they are but that's just a little bit of an overview Todd of some of the guys that uh you're going to be most interested in seeing from my perspective
2: yeah, I want to see I mean, Ruggs is going to be the the entertainment. There's no question. The wide receiver from Alabama, the second wide receiver from Alabama after Jerry Judy, Who's going to likely be a top 5 top well, top 10 pick, let's say. Um after that, I mean, there's so many interesting storylines. Tristan Wirth. You want to, I mean, he's a tackle at Iowa who could kick. In, is he doing? Kick in the guard. I can't wait to see him on the bench. I can't wait to see his jumps. He's so explosive as an athlete. He's supposed to put on a show, and I know he's a, an offensive lineman. But if you're going to tune into any offensive lineman this year, check out Werf's and, and what he does during the workouts. Jalen Rager from TCU. No one has talked about him, mentioned his name. This guy's going to run. He might run the second fastest forty behind Rugs, who who could is going to threaten. I think from everything I'm told, he's going to threaten the. The, the fastest time in the history of the Which NFL is? NFL draft combine. Um it is oh um 422? Yeah 422 from um the Washington wide receiver. Yeah,
1: John Ross. Yeah John Ross who beat Chris Johnson It was at right. 424, right? Four yeah four two four and he had held say, it for several years. Right, just to let you out this real quick one Ruggs, Todd, he ran four two five last spring and he said he wasn't happy with the start. So that's right. why you're thinking he could maybe break that record.
2: Yeah exactly. Um uh, so Rager from TCU is a player to keep an eye on. Uh, moving down I agree with you on on Patrick Queen. I think he's one of the most underrated players in this year's draft. How does he work out? And I think he's going to show to be a better athlete overall than Kenneth Murray. I think Kenneth Murray, on a straight line, though, can absolutely fly for, for his size and for an inside linebacker. I also want to see Clyde Edwards' lair. This is an underrated running back class because we're so focused on the wide receivers and the quarterbacks. We've got DeAndre Swift from Georgia who's in most classes a you know top 15 pick and probably and very well could be this year. Um after that the depth of the class is really good. JK Dobbins is an absolute stud. He struggled catching the ball against Clemson in that game. He had two adjust type catches that he should have made that he dropped. One of them would have been spectacular. We all thought that he caught it and I think we know the one I'm talking about where he's diving, but um but the rest of his tape he caught the ball pretty well but the, you know evaluators are going to want to see how he catches the ball jonathan taylor struggles in pass protection but my goodness i mean he's the, the, the only one in history of the of the fbs to run to rush for 1900 plus yards in three consecutive seasons and he he's inconsistent catching the ball down the field um he's had fumbling and, problems and yep, yep, yep fumbling issue, problem yeah. 1.86 fumble percentage which is really bad anything over 1% is is really bad so that's a concern. But uh, but Taylor, he's a burner, and I think he's going to work out well. Clyde Edwards-Alaire does everything well. He catches the ball. They move him around. You can play him in the slot. They move him out to wideout. Um, he's he's tough in pass protection. Not great, but he's tough and willing and he, obviously a spectacular runner. Um, But what does he run? What's his 40 time, and, and how much speed does he have? The average of some of the top guys is – Right, right around like four five three to four five five. So that's where you want to be in in that range. And then the, one of the most underrated players, maybe at any position, Cam Acres from Florida State. I mean, I, this guy's going to work out really well
1: if he you. the spend number any, one running back coming out of high school. Yeah,
2: and you, yeah, and he played some quarterback in high school. He played. He, he ran in the Wildcat this this past year. If you go back and watch the tape, that Florida State team was abysmal. But he never quit. I love meeting with him and talking to him. He's just got a pro mentality about him, and he does everything really well. I think after this combine, he's going to be a player that we start to hear his name kind of start. I don't want to say skyrocketing, but I think second round is probably – I don't see him – I would be surprised if he got to the third round. Let's just put it that way.
0: Yeah. Mel, all these really fast wide receivers, mm-hmm. running backs, there's a few of them should be really good. I'm really fascinated to see um, what happens with the defensive back group because, again, you know, we talked about early. It's really it's it's not just about the four twos and the four threes. It's about not running four six. It's not running four nine if you're tight end. It's meeting these thresholds, and I'm really interested to see what's going to happen with all the guys that have to cover these wide receivers. So, you know, Okuda so consistently has been at the top of the board. Among cornerbacks, that some of the other guys are kind of lost. You just don't hear that much about them uh, with all the offensive talent in this draft. But whether it's C.J. Henderson, you know Grant Delpit, who's you know a safety but a little bit of a hybrid type, it may mean,
1: not run. We'll who have to see on who thought, are you yeah.
0: really interested to see yeah. from this from this group of cornerbacks?
1: Yeah, uh, Noah Igbenanage, uh from Auburn nice, Todd, nailed it. Uh, I don't know Javaris Davis. We didn't nail the landing, bud. <laughs> yeah, I did. I had a struggle at the end there. I gotta get that together. Javaris Davis, the cousin of Vernon and Vontae. We'll see what he runs. Jeff Gladney, TCU corner. We'll see how fast he is. Uh, Troy Pride Jr., Notre Dame as well. Uh, I like a lot of, there's a lot of corners I liked when I looked at these. Uh, Josiah Scott, Michigan State, Darnay Holmes, UCLA. There's a few there that are gonna be interesting in terms of just what kind of, of workout they had because I thought they were pretty good players. I wanna see safety-wise. Grant Delpit, does he run, Todd? Remember he had the ankle. His pro day is gonna be April 3rd. Does he run? There's speculation he'll run into four fours. If when he does, um, we'll see on that. Uh, Jeremy Chin from Southern Illinois and Kyle Duggar from Lenore Ryan. Those two small college kids who I Kyle both. Kyle Duggar, se-
2: Duggar, he's a player, man.
1: Yeah, both second round grades. Those Kyle kids. Kyle so Duggar
2: can- is a player. His tape is, a- mm-hmm. and it took. I just finally got. Some of the the uh, the other schools in for my uh, for my external hard drives for <laughs> for watching tape. The Lenore Ryan just came in I, and I plugged him in because I've heard a lot of things. That dude's got some good tape. I'm impressed. Where I think I'm, I'm if he played the SEC, I think honestly, I'm going to have him as one of the top five safeties in this class. I got Xavier uh, McKinney from Alabama as number one. Grant Delpit as number two. Antoine Winfield. Then there's a little bit of a drop off. I've got Ashton Davis from Cal and Kyle Duggar from Lenore Ryan. Where do you have Winfield? That's the next. I got him at three. Um, I've got him at six.
1: Okay. Wow. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Yep. And you, you know, with all these, it's interesting. If you go back and study the history of, of DBs and then kind of trying to translate and correlate success with some of these workouts that we're about to see for, over the course of the next week for corners, arm length, 40 and intelligence. However you want to measure that, Wonderlick is one way to measure it, the Wonderlick test. Um, but however you measure that, those are the three most important things and you wouldn't think that for for corners necessarily. Because well, it's like, like oh, it just gives
1: put- you a chance. It, it gives you a little bit more of an opportunity to break that pass up. Helps you in tackling. Yes. It's a lot of well, – arm length really, Todd, for everybody. We know offensive linemen, defensive linemen, but linebackers, because you can break that pass up if you're a linebacker. You get a, a finger on that pass now. You can make tackles. It's a lot of keep guys away. Arm length for everybody is important height for inside linebackers now more important than ever because you're throwing the ball over the place that's why Zach Cunningham is valuable it's hard to find inside linebackers with height if you can with length it's a plus so yeah arm length is a huge part of this whole thing that goes in underrated the other thing too is the vertical and the broad because remember Alvin Kamara didn't run a great 40. But he had an incredible broad jump, and he had an incredible vertical. And the explosiveness athletically can override a 40, especially for guys like that. So be careful of the running back position in terms of expecting guys. Like I think Savon Ahmed from Washington should run a good 40. We'll see. Anthony McFarlane, Maryland, I watched him when he was healthy. He was dynamic when he was hurt. It brought up durability concerns. He even had an injury his final year in high school. But those are the kind of guys we get all excited about running backs and what they're going to run. It Really, at the end of the day, doesn't matter.
2: Yeah, and going back to DBs, like, Richard Sherman's the the great example how bad his workout was he's was a fifth round pick by the Seahawks and, and this career that he's gone on to have it shows you how important that the the intelligence aspect of it I think it's the most underrated aspect of playing corner and safety so you know how, how do you measure that we're going to look at all the 40 yard dashes and the arm length is great the three cone is important for safety they've got to be able to you know, change direction, have good body control in space because they're always struggling in terms of tackling and, and coming downhill. Um, but but the 40-yard dash we're going to focus on, arm length and intelligence are two things. That, it's corner and safety. Intelligence especially. For both of these positions that are so overlooked, in my opinion.
1: Yeah, and the safeties that could maybe move the corner. We see with Trey Flowers, with the Seahawks, we've got teams that like those big corners. Ashton Davis, you mentioned him at a cow. Does he test well enough to maybe project a corner? And I mentioned Jeremy Chin from Southern Illinois. We talked about Kyle Duggar. Chin has a chance to be on that in that day two discussion coming out of Southern Illinois, this Lukey. So we'll see how those guys do. And also the medical. Uh, and we talked about medical, with too, uh, there's a great linebacker, Todd, who had shoulder injuries an issue this past year late, uh, Jordan Brooks. If you watch Jordan Brooks on tape from Texas Tech, and I wrote him up on ESPN.com early in the year, he was all over the field. Uh, he's an outstanding player. He didn't finish the process because of the shoulder. If he gets lost in the shuffle a bit, somebody in the second or third round is going to get a whale of an inside linebacker in Jordan Brooks from Texas Tech.
2: Yeah, and I'm interested to see some of the, the big guys, what they run, it, especially the corners. So, I, you know, we just talked about the intelligence and arm length. Travon Diggs from Alabama is inconsistent. And in talking to Nick, he, Nick Saban, he, you know, there were frustrating moments this past year with, with his entire back seven, really. But, uh, with Diggs, he's got the length. He's physical. He'll support the run. He's a press corner. He fits perfectly in that Seahawks type of defensive scheme. Um, and he's a former he was a standout wide receiver an elite wide receiver recruit basically he had 11 catches early in his career at Alabama Just like no yep it was exactly and and but practicing but with digs you've got the <laughs> you've got the length you've got the ball skills you've got everything you want what does he run uh Christian Fulton from LSU there's concerns about his top-end speed, and you can see it a little bit on tape. What does he run? That's going to affect him. So with Jeff Akuda from Ohio State, C.J. Henderson, who can't tackle but does everything else at an exceptional level, um, Trevon Diggs from Bama, Igbenag- Igbenagane right. from Auburn, um, those are, to me, the four best corners in this class. And then there's a lot of question marks with guys like AJ Terrell who's got the size from Clemson but up and down and handsy in coverage, Jalen Johnson, another big long receiver from Utah who's got ability and upside but their grades are all over the place with him if you talk to scouts in the league. Damon Arnett's a good player but there's there's some issues with him coming out of Ohio State. So there's a lot of talent at corner but there's also a lot of questions uh, that are, hopefully we'll get some answers to with this with the 40 times and the measurements with these guys, especially with so I mean you got Okuda, Henderson, Igben-Agane, uh Terrell, Johnson—all of those guys that I just mentioned are underclassmen. So we don't have an official, uh, official measurement time or anything on those guys.
1: Yeah, and they continue to momentum. If guys seem to have momentum through the process, do they continue that here and in a pro day situation? I think it'll be important. You mentioned some of the guys, Todd. I think certainly you look at the tight end like Adam Troutman coming out of Dayton. A uh, guy I like on tape, Todd. I mean, you catch up with these juniors. There's a lot. Of them. Devin Asiasi from UCLA. Yep, he's a Michigan transfer. With him. Exactly. it interesting to see how he does. Uh, Josh Jones a tackle at Houston coming into the process with momentum. We'll see how he does. I like Robert Hunt, line offensive lineman at Louisiana Lafayette. Watch him. Cesar Ruiz, Michigan, former guard then center of the final two years. Played a little guard as a true freshman. He's got a chance to be a First round pick. What happens with uh, Bradley and I from Utah? Jason Strobridge, North Carolina guys Sprout, like that.
2: Uh, Sprout, This is just a, a peek behind the scenes. Yep. You know, pulling the curtain open a little bit. Kuiper's sitting in front of a uh, one of those like, Manila envelopes or not ma- mm-hmm. envelopes uh, folders. You know, like the Manila folders. Yep, from nineteen eighty six. Uh-huh. And he's got like a, he's got a list of 40 guys that he's written out. And, and that's just in like the left corner, port, like the top left corner. These are guys that, you know, that have sta- stood out on tape. And then the next list is going to be guys that really help themselves. And the next yep. list is guys that are going to be the yep. fastest forties. And like you, if you look at it, it can be blinding yes. because there are so many letters in pen, you know, he's written it all out in pen in his handwriting that you, I just, I don't even look over to my right anymore. I, cause I, I can't. I can't read any of it, and then my eyes start getting crossed.
0: It was probably like five or six years ago that we were – I think we were at the draft in Chicago, and we were goofing on you because you have to – right after the draft, we make Todd do the next year's mock draft like the Wednesday after, which is just – it's a great bad assignment. (laughs) Uh, and I was like, so well, Mel, no, you gotta get noodling on your top 100. And he's like, no, 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 look. And he had like turned over a notepad and he was noodling on next year's top 100, like during the draft.
2: Oh yeah. No, no, we can't <laughs> even, we don't even get through day two when like, he starts asking me over, about he's first going over. He's, you know, 19, Wingo's going over to Mel to get the,
0: to get the stats on the, you know, the left guard from Liberty. And Kuiper's like sitting there trying to figure out who he wants to be at number 65 for next year. It was great. Psycho.
1: Yeah. Like That's what the, I am a psycho. Yeah. I, I, there's no question about it. Got no, there's no, but, no denying uh, we it. We hey all have problems.
0: One, <laughs> one other thing. I just want to put a, a few, you a few, <laughs> <I can talk. laughs> um, a few predictions here. Todd, if Chase, if Chase Young's at least going to run before, what do you think? Is that a Chase question? Young? Yeah. What do you think his yeah. Todd, t- Todd 10 yard split McShay, what do you think his ten yard split's going
2: to be? I want a few predictions here, so we can just line them up next week. One six zero is is like is the elite number, right? Okay, so for pass rushers, one six zero at the ten yard split that gets you out of your seat. Yeah, yeah. Anything under one six zero. I mean, those are the guys. Those are the the absolute dudes. Um, I, I'll be honest with you, the three cone drill has been more important. Almost every guy that runs a six nine or faster at the, at the combine and the three cone drill for edge guys, whether it's a defensive end technically or an outside linebacker. Pass rushers off the edge. Von Miller. So I'm just going to give you a few examples mm-hmm. of the last few, last few years. John, uh, Von Miller, JJ Watt, TJ Watt, Joey Bosa, Mark Ingram. I mean, the list goes on and on, but those are some of the guys that have all run six, nine or faster in the three cone. So watch that drill as closely as you watch the, the 40 yard dash and the 10 yard split. But to answer your question, Four six zero is the number i I think he'll beat it. I don't know i here's what I don't know. Is he a track guy? like how much has he been working out? They played late in the year, obviously in the bowl in the in the college football playoff. Has he had time to train and is he ready to run that kind of time? It, you know, that's the question, but I think if you just watch him on tape, he looks like some of the guys that run one six o or faster. Um, for the forty yard dash, you know the Boses ran. I think Nick was like four seven eight. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, did you hear
1: that story, Todd? Joey was four Todd, eight six. You, yeah, you you, Nick, I'm going. I'm leaving the uh the uh, combine in the yep. airport. Going, right into my, go to my gate, and I get a scream. No, no, it was John Bosa. He was sitting at the bar with his wife. His right dad, to take the his dad wife. Of the Boses, yep. John Bosa, who I scouted when he was back in college. Rode first um, round, um, bust. out of Boston College, as a first round pick of the Dolphins. Um, and he grabbed. Now Nick's really unhappy with his time. Nick's really upset. He's you know he's disappointed. Yeah, you know, wants to do it again. And then he what's he's like chomping at the bit to run. He hates. It's like he's like I told him to settle down. That's how competitive those Bosa brothers were, and John was. And he said just settle down. It's not going to be the end all be all. And and he ended up not mattering. But that these kids, they do get wrapped up in this. Like you know, it's going to destroy them if they don't run a certain forty. Like I say, Singletary. After hearing the commentary about him, the kid had to think it was a free agent after that. So again, you can't let this. Stuff by the pro days are coming up we'll see but i do think we tend to and todd we're there and we hear the reactions of everybody so there is that overreaction to a great or bad 40 or something that you didn't expect so i think you got to be really careful of uh sometimes the uh the feeling you get which is oh jeez how did i miss that i'm way too high on this guy or i'm way too low you kind of question yourself immediately after a guy works out
2: he ran a 479 is 40 Mm. but he ran a four one four in his short shuttle, which is faster than the vast majority of wide receivers. And he did that at six four two hundred and sixty six pounds. And you know, you look at all of it. He had twenty nine on the bench press, thirty three and a half inch vertical, across the board. I mean, it, his three cone wasn't. It was seven one zero, which is a, a really good time. Six nine zero is exceptional. But all those numbers you have to put in perspective. And when I You know, I've done these 10-year studies every year on purpose. I don't – it would be a total waste of time. It probably is. But there are certain numbers that are more important for edge rushers, the three-cone drill, than it is, the you know, the 40-yard dash. Arm-length, vertical jump, and three-cone drill have shown over history to be, you know, to have the most correlation to NFL success for for edge rushers. So why are we so worked up about the 40-yard dash? Well, it's fun to watch. That's why, and that's where the focus is. And the wide receivers blazed some great times, and the corners blazed some great times. But for a defensive end, that's one. You know, it's not even in the top four of the most important things that correlate to the next level. You love the competitiveness. You love the fact that he wanted to run again, and his dad had to talk him out of it. I remember talking to Nick at at the Ohio State Pro Day last year, but um, but the numbers that he put up at the combine were outstanding. The problem is everyone looked at that four seven nine, which is which is fine. It's not a bad time. The average is four seven eight you over know, the five five year span.
0: It's funny too. I was uh one time I was talking uh, way back when when I was talking to when I was reporting, I was talking to Greg Bleiche, the old defensive coordinator, and he was with the Bears and he told me the story of how this kid, Brian Erlacher from New Mexico, who Rocky Long basically let return kicks. He was such a freak. I know. <laughs> so Erlacher basically just played safety and he was, and, and there, he, he was, he was pretty solid. Like he was going to be, people thought he could kind of out of nowhere, but in terms of draft circles, like the kid was for sure going to go top 15 and Bla- and Erlacher was like, well, I'm not going to run. I'm not going to run. Have it done with the agent. And Blash is just goading him. Just, I won't use the word he said, but he's goading him. And so he tells me stories like Erlacher is just like, you know what? Screw this calls his agent i'm running and he runs and i and Blashers told me he told the coaches he's like we're taking this guy we got to take this guy like he's so competitive and i asked Blash. i was like what did he run he's like i don't know i had no idea it was just the fact that he was willing to run you know pull the sweats off and was willing to run because he was that ticked off was just like that's the guy i see on tape and that's that's kind of some of it, you know. He didn't run five two, but they right. don't know. You didn't even know what he ran, and that was kind of the point. No, is
2: that a correct? question?
1: Correct. I, well, I wanted to do it. To,
0: I did want to do it to set this up, though.
1: <laughs> oh, who are
0: cool. who are pick out? Who are you just like, you know, the ten yard split gets Todd out of his feet. But who is like your top two or top three? Your favorite workouts from the combine of all time I, I think for me i'm gonna steal one of yours but megatron showing yeah. up yeah at 6'5, 237 barely even got they didn't get to throw him the ball a lot because they're ba- they're running like you know <laughs> practically like the wing t down there and it was just like all right let's see what this guy does but again he's basically a tight end and he runs four three five that was a freak show, and, and at that moment, you're like, "All right, the Lions are going to take a wide receiver again." Mel, who's who's some that stands out? And Todd, I'll obviously give you yours, unless Mel takes like twenty of them.
1: I don't even remember a lot of this stuff now. I'm so concerned with this draft. But I go, I'll just go to when we were sitting there last year, and I brought it up when we saw Devin Bush and Devin White run Todd, What was it in the four three? What was it four? I don't even remember four four, four two. Fours. Four four one four four two. Yeah, uh, Devin White. I mean, one ran, and we said, "What's the other one going to run?" It was almost exact. And that four four two. Some of these speeds have been pretty remarkable. Uh, I will say this: I go back to Alexander Wright when he came out of Auburn, ran a blistering forty, and go back to even Darius Hayward Bay when he came out of Maryland. You got to be careful of receivers and worrying too much about that. Um some of the receivers have had great success in this league. Did not run phenomenal 40s. It's controlling your speed, burst out of your break, quickness more so than speed It will determine a lot. So uh, you go back to, to a lot of the top receivers didn't have elite 40s. Now that the 40 time for receivers we're worrying about. We're talking about well, guys going in like this year. We're talking about T. Higgins. What's he going to run at 6'4"? four? If he's 6'3", 6'4", what's he going to run? Which Justin Jefferson, LSU, or Pittman who we talked about? How fast is? Does it really going to matter? Rager and the it, the 40 time. Is going to determine what receivers are good and which receivers aren't. Probably not.
2: Yeah, it was four. Uh, Devin White was four four two. Okay, and Bush was four four three. So you were right. I mean, they were they were right there. Um, I remember Adrian Peterson. I remember yeah. being at that. Comp- that was before the they kicked me out. I think it was two thousand and seven. <laughs> as you snuck into that one? Yeah, exactly. As a as a quote unquote college coach. I thought from you were Richmond. painting the, yeah, painting gra- the Graduate the assistant from Richmond. <laughs> 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 he was six one and a half, two hundred and seventeen pounds. And he ran a four, I think it was a four four no four three eight some scouts yeah. had him at. I think four four one was the official time, the electronic time. And you didn't see a lot of two hundred and twenty pound backs at that time running a four four one. And just some of his numbers across the board, like a ten seven broad jump. 38 and a half inch vertical at that size. I just remember watching him and being like this dude's different. You know, this is he's he's not even it's not even close. You know, Calvin Johnson was one of the the best workouts we've ever seen. Um and then, you know, you talked about Bush and White last year. How about some of the wide I mean the wide receivers were freakish last year in, in terms of the overall speed of that group. I don't it's going to be hard to compete against. I mean, I'm looking at this list, everything's 43s and 44s. Four Ohio wow. State had two or three guys that ran in the four threes alone. Uh, Georgia had a couple guys. McCole Hardman ran a four three three in the 40. Um, you know, the, the workouts for the wide receivers last year were ridiculous and DK Metcalf had probably, you know, you have to put that, <laughs> if you're just talking pure workouts. Yep. That goes up there with, with, you know, Adrian Peterson, Calvin Johnson, some of the best of all time. Six three and three eighths, 228 pounds. He ran an official time of 4.33, which is stupid. He had a 27, he had 27 bench press reps. The average for wide receivers is 15. He had a 40 and a half inch vertical. The average for receivers is 35. He had a 6-9 or sorry, a uh no, and a 4 50 in the short shuttle. So you know, overall, that was actually the concern. I remember the shuttles were the concern, but the the straight line speed of four three three at his size, the twenty seven the twenty seven bench press reps, the forty and a half inch vertical, just were all ridiculous numbers. And, and Metcalf, he benefited from it in the draft to a certain degree, and we saw this year. You know, he's developing as a route runner, and he has still has that vertical threat with that size. That's it, it's hard to. It's hard to match up with him.
1: Yeah, he really like you say. Where do you go? Late second round. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, guy that had a freakish workout and uh, you know had that down the field production and had that elite and impressive physical ability still drop because people wondered you know uh, there was some concerns as a straight line is he versatile? Yeah, enough? he's a, oh, a nine route runner. Yeah, exactly. So but, again, even with all that, he goes in the late second. So I, I do think there are guys that I think I, you'll probably be watching Michael Pittman Jr. a lot, Todd from USC. I'll be looking at it. I, I'm anxious to see what T Higgins runs. I want to and too. also how, how quick a big 40 and explosive is T. Higgins Uh, in and out of breaks. I think he's going to struggle in the workouts. Yeah, that's what you want to watch with him. And I mentioned KJ Hamler will run like the wind, but when you watch him catching the football, people are going to wait and see: is there any bobbles? Is there any any inconsistency? Because he had drops at Penn State. Yeah, Metcalf
2: was the was the last pick in the second round. He was the ninth receiver taken. Marquise Brown went ahead of him. Nikhil Harry, who struggled for the Patriots, went ahead of him. Debo Samuel, who had a really good year, his teammate AJ Brown, who had a really good year. Uh, Nicole Hardman, who had a, a good year for for the Chiefs, JJ Arcega-Whiteside, Paris Campbell, and Andy Isabella, your boy from UMass, yep. mm-hmm. Mel, yep. all went ahead of GK Metcalf. Yep. But by the way, Todd, you guys talk about the
0: wide receivers this year. This just shows what a, just a general speed freak show the position has become. Because, yeah, it's, I, mean, it's, it's, I don't know. Like outside of Isabella, you're just like, well, these guys are they're all fast. Like you said, the Ohio State guys. <laughs> I mean Terry McLaurin, you didn't even mention because he was in the three, and the guy ran, you know, with some size, ran in the four threes. It's incredible.
2: Yeah, and you know, it, it's it's the new game. It's the finesse spread out game that we're that the NFL has become, and it's trickled up from high school with the, you know, the seven on sevens and and all the the different camps that everyone's going to. It's kind of like the AAU for football, if you will, and the the spread offenses in college, and now it, we've seen it in the NFL. The cornerbacks, the safeties, and the wide receivers, and even the running backs now with the versatility that we're seeing, um, you know, it's, it's gotten to a different level. We saw it, you just mentioned last year, and this year again, I mean, we, the amount of talent, and there's no, there's no Calvin Johnson in this class. There, there really isn't. But I think what we do know is the depth is, is ridiculous with Jerry Judy, CD Lamb, Henry Ruggs, we've talked about those guys. Um, J- Justin Jefferson from LSU, Jalen Rager I mentioned is going to blaze a four, probably a four three right in that range. T Higgins, what does he run? But he's a big physical guy. Brandon Ayuke from Arizona State's one of the most underrated receivers in the class. KJ Hamler's, you know, inconsistent catching the ball, but that dude can fly and he's versatile. Lavisca Chenault from Colorado, Michael Pittman who I love from USC and may not have a great workout. He's six four. He, you know, the workout stuff's not his thing, but. Getting open and separating late and catching the football in traffic is his thing. And I love those guys. Donovan People Jones, who, you know, struggled with quarterback play his entire career at Michigan. He's a physical freak. He's going to have a great workout. We're going to be talking a lot about him. It, it doesn't even mention like Devin Duvernay from Texas, Denzel Antonio from Golden's
0: probably going to be fast at 6'4", 220. It's yeah. Crazy.
2: KJ Hill from Ohio State, the slot receiver and Austin Mack, who, who was injured. Off and on his entire career might be the best of the Ohio State receivers when we look back five years from now. So Colin Johnson, a a physical freak from Texas, end up running. Yeah. So I mean, again, I've got twenty guys, Mel, in the first three rounds in terms of just draftable grades. What my grades are, and that would be over. Two decades that I've looked, that would be the most that we've had, and I've got eight guys right now, and currently yeah. in my top thirty. And the
1: hardest part, the hardest part about the combine and it complicates your mind is how do you separate the receivers and grade the receivers after you get the forties, right? After you get that, how do you t- take everything we know about these guys? We all have our rankings. How do you adjust those rankings based on forty times that some, in some cases, are very deceptive? So you got to really have a tough time figuring that out. That makes it very challenging to try to put a final grade on those guys when you have your idea about where he is and where he should be then he goes and runs a great 40 or a disappointing 40 how do you factor that in when it's off the boards great or off the board bad what do you do then if they're in line fine it's easy but when they're not as good or they're better what do you do then
2: the only two positions that i will actually make i don't want to say significant but the two positions that i make the most change based off of 40 yard dashes and and workouts or wide receiver and corner. I mean, those are, other than that, like, you know, there are, every position has the one, two or three things that, that correlate to the NFL success. And I'll go back and, and study all of that and make some minor changes and break some ties. But wide receiver and corner are the positions where I'll come back next week, you know, next Wednesday and I'll look at it and be like, all right, this guy's moving from the fifth wide receiver to the ninth wide receiver because he ran a four, six,
1: five. You know, yeah, what? and that's again, that's where that second, third round. We go back to, like you say, Juju Smith-Schuster. What did he run in the forty, Todd?
2: Four six. Four,
1: six. What is, four, six. It, Go back. Even Antonio um, Brown. Read. Antonio Brown. Four five eight. He? I think was yeah. Antonio, right? Yeah, Antonio Brown was. So again, we got got to be really careful. I think quickness over speed in a lot of cases. The hands, the arm length, the competitiveness. All these things factor in to a receiver and sometimes that straight line 40 speed. Like I said, even with Medcalf, they didn't push him way up. He wasn't a mid first. He was a late second, final pick in the second round. So again, that's how you, it's very challenging and very difficult to try to factor in the combine to how it adjusts your final grade and your final feeling about a player.
0: Todd, I had, uh, I had set it all up trying to hook up Kuiper with the opportunity to plug a Maryland guy for greatest uh greatest combine workouts ever maybe the biggest money maker of all time Vernon Davis 63 yes. 248 I mentioned him runs yep 438 Jumps 42 inches and broad jumps 128 basically off of Gordon. I had it, I had that all set up for Kuiper.
1: No, I had not mention it because really remember Javaris Davis, Todd, the um, corner from Auburn, his, th- his he's cousins he's of Vernon it. and Vontae. Yes, and that's true. Javaris Davis should be able to run well based on the bloodlines there, uh, to see how he does. I mentioned Ahmed from Washington. Another guy should run a good 40 as well. Uh, but there's a, a lot of guys like that. That's why it's always interesting to see what they do. But I think when you look at the, Medical, Todd. If, if you're saying beyond Tua. Juju
2: actually ran a four-five-four. Four-five-four. Yeah,
1: but I, four, again, that's, I that's what that's we're that.
2: talking
0: about—the wide receivers. Yeah. He, a guy runs four-five-four. Four, he's got good size, really strong hands, really
1: competitive. And you're like, oh, you yeah. know, <laughs> second round pick, right? Again, that's where you get these second rounders that turn yeah, out late in the second good. round. Yeah, but medical after Tua. Who are you most interested in getting the final the medical report on? I'll tell you who I like. Tell me who you, who I'm watching. Who are you watching after Tua?
2: Oh, geez. Um, A.J. Dillon. Zach Moss is another guy. A.J. Dillon, the running back from Boston College. Zach Moss, um, running back from Utah, who does everything at a really high level. I think he's one of the five or six mm-hmm. best running backs in this class. Um, but, he, you know, he this past year he stayed healthy for the most part, but he's had some, some injury issues throughout his career. Um, you know, th- this year's better than most years. Now that I'm really looking at it.
0: Yeah, because with Tua not really factoring into this process, normally he'd be, you know, if he'd had hip surgery in, say, you know, October... But, you know, he's not going to be – it isn't a year where you're like, oh,
1: man, you know, I'm really interested in the medicals here, Yeah, the guys that had the injury, like the ankle for Delpit. Grant Delpit doesn't run. We'll see see about that. Certainly, I think you look at a guy, you know, moving forward, you think about a guy like Julian Okwara, pass rusher out of Notre Dame, uh, was injured. You think about – I mentioned Jordan Brooks with the shoulder coming out of Texas Tech. That will be important for him. I think he's a second-round player. I think he's a late first, early second-round player. We'll see what happens there uh, on him. Uh, But I think those are the guys we're talking about in terms of, of injury concerns coming in, uh, Travon
2: Diggs is another guy who's, who's been banged up throughout his career. Didn't play in the bowl game. I think he just opted out. But there, there's some speculation that he had a he's he's dealt with an injury that you know that wasn't on the books, if you will. Um, and all I mean, if you played for Bama, I, I'm going through now and, and doing all these write-ups. If you played for Bama or Clemson over the last four years. You've played over 50 games. If you played in four, four seasons and most of these guys are two or three year starters because it's hard to get on the field early, but you're still, you still have played like 50. There was, there was one player today. I think it was Bama that I was writing up that had played like 55 games over four years, which is incredible. You know, I mean, the amount of games that these guys are playing and starting is, is so different and so enlarged from, from years past that. That you got to worry about kind of tread on the tires. And uh, Jonathan Taylor, as much as I love him and as explosive as he is, I think it was 968 or 986 offensive touches that he's that he had tread at, on the tires in, yeah. in three years mm-hmm, yeah. at at Wisconsin. So as great as he is, can he hold up physically over time?
1: And a guy I thought, and just to throw a guy we haven't talked about, Jared Pinkney, and when I mentioned that to you going into mm-hmm. senior bowl tie, a guy that had a really good year two years ago, yep. coordinator moves on, his production drops dramatically. Jared Pinkney now, as far as tight ends, can very easily get lost in the shuffle because of Cole Komet, Harrison Bryant, Florida Atlantic, Troutman, I mentioned out at Dayton, Albert O., Missouri, Hunter Bryant, Washington, Asiasi UCLA. Uh, where's Jared Pinkney going to fall as far as tight ends? will be interesting to see after Combine Pro Day, where is a guy that was way up there going into the year and did not have the Production maybe not all his fault probably not. Yeah, there's a him. reason
2: that you know, Pinkney uh, struggled this past year. Um, Lipscomb, Elijah Kal- Lipscomb, the Vanderbilt wide receiver, who I still think is going to be a day two pick, but coming in the year, there were some people talking about him as a first rounder. Even the quarterback, you know, coming into the year, you had three offensive players for Vanderbilt that we were talking about as potential top 100
1: picks or Keyshawn Vaughn running back yeah Keyshawn Vaughn, a running, back.
2: Yep. Uh, Keyshawn Vaughn running so four sorry four and and they're their quarterback as well so they had four guys that were on scout's radars as in terms of being potential top 100 picks and all four of them had down years so you have to kind of wonder what what was going on there and, and the the coaching change guys
0: we are hitting our time limit here um for fans of the show uh there's 337 Invites to the NFL Combine. I think we mentioned 265 of them uh, by my unofficial count, including a bad Brian Urlacher story. Um, Mel, we'll hit all 337 on the next pot, I assume.
1: Yeah, and I think it's like fifth. What's it? 58 days till the NFL draft. Am I right there?
2: Uh, yep. And I'll spend about enough. 30 nights with Mel over the not nights, but you know, I'll be in the same <laughs> Club, town Club as, as Mel.
0: Late nights with Mel. And
2: <laughs> a, I, and he won't have one days. meal with me. No, not no. a single meal. You know, no. the, he won't even like. He won't even entertain going out for a quick bite, or nope. even like. The, I can't even get him to take takeout with me. King of room no. service. No. Yeah. No, I don't I'm starting to get offended, market. Mel. I'm just going to be. No,
1: honest. no, it's, that's the way I am. I don't Todd, even
2: I don't. go out anymore, but, no, I, 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 but I don't. Let's break I, bread every once no. in a while.
1: I don't have any time. We don't. We never have time, and that's the thing. Because you know how it is. I, I mean, I, you, I, I'm here. It's like last Tuesday. I did my Mach 2.0. I started at seven in the morning. I finished at seven thirty at night. I was at home with GlowPoint in my home. I didn't need a thing. With there's new time chair. you worked. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> well, wow! <laughs> uh,
2: I, can't, uh, I can't. We're gonna have fun. We're gonna have fun this week, Todd. It's gonna be a fun week. I can't wait. Uh, flying in tomorrow. I'll see you flying right, in on Tuesday, you and I'll you'll, on you'll be in Wednesday. Perfect. Yep. Perfect. All right. I hope they I'll find out how late
1: uh, room service is open. Let me know. Get the lay of the land for me, Todd. You got to. Uh,
0: all right, guys, that's first draft for this week. I'm Chris with Mel and Todd, 337 players at the NFL Combine. We will have hours and hours of on each of them when we're back next week.